0: Hello, Doc. Hello. Welcome to the Documentaries podcast, po- the podcast about documentary films. I am your host, Bob Sham. And this week we lay listener request month to rest. Oh, what a month it has been. I've been your servant in my little gimp mask talking about documentaries through a zipper. Our last listener request month discussion is all about a guy many say is the greatest basketball player of all time who following some fucked up shit that we kind of forgot, decided to retire after his third championship win to play double-A baseball in the city of Birmingham. I am talking, of course, about that 30 for 30 by Ron Shelton called Jordan Rides at the Bus, and oh, what a bus he rides. Next week on The Documenteers is the month of April, and us April Fools will be hitting you up with a discussion that is considered one of the best documentaries on professional wrestling Out there, there are some good ones out there, but not that many. The documentary we're discussing next week follows a Canadian pro wrestling legend and it shows unprecedented access to a transitionary period in professional wrestling history. Myself and fellow wrestling watcher Felicia joins me to discuss the Paul J documentary Hitman Heart Wrestling with Shadows. And best of all, you can find this for free on Paul J's YouTube channel, so hit that up and get back to us next week. For all the suplexing and headlocking and sharpshooting right here on the Documenteers. Just one brief music clip for us to play out. In the 1993 pop club hit Show Me Love by Robin S. I like pulling music from the periods of times shown in documentaries. That Robin S. jam is so much fun. I've really grown to love those early 90s club jams like Technotronics or Soul to Soul and the Miami-based stuff. I think that music is fun and it holds up great. Talk about to See what we look like. Subscribe and recommend us to folks who you might talk about movies and documentaries to. Weirdos like you, basically. Five stars in a written review on Apple Podcasts. Helps others find us and make people realize they got a doc itch to scratch. There's not enough people. You get to have a long-winded, sometimes angry discussion on documentaries. Help a dude out. I'll remember you when the apocalypse comes. I'll take care of you and feed you bugs. Let's feed ourselves a conversation about Michael Jordan. Keep on docking. Here is a motion picture film. A thousand
1: feet. 16,000 separate photographs. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel. In October, Michael's charity had a fundraising dinner in Chicago. At the dinner, David Fall came over to me and said, you're not going to believe this, but Michael wants to retire.
0: And I, of course, I was stunned. And the season was going to start in about 10 days. And Michael told me that he didn't want to play basketball anymore,
1: that he was burned out. He didn't, he, he didn't tie it to his father, but I know it, it, it had a lot to do with it. And I said to him, well, what what
2: do you want to do? He said, I want to play baseball.
0: What an amazing uh, listener request month it's been. So many listener requests. Fulfilled, Yeah. Or, well, Dreams come true. If I'm being honest, a modest amount of listener requests. One month's worth yeah. of listener requests.
1: <laughs> Dreams are coming true.
0: That's right. And uh, the one that we picked just so happens to also be the next one online that we're meant to talk about. Yeah, thanks or, listeners. You make this really convenient for us. Not the one we picked. The one that people picked. The people. How, how you doing? Happy listener request month. <laughs> it's nice to be doing the bidding of others. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're in, you have a subdom fetish, so this works out good for you. Yeah. Usually it's just, you know, just me bossing around everybody
1: on the radio, but now, now I'm the one who gets bossed Yeah. by random people. So what are we doing? What are we talking about today? We're talking about apparently the most popular 30 for 30 there is I among of, our listenership.
0: I didn't expect people to bring this one up. I thought it was going to be like... You don't know Bo, the Bo Jackson one. Maybe uh that broke one. I feel like people talk about broke all the time.
1: That was kind of one of the ones I was thinking was going to be in the lead, but no. All of those take
0: a back seat to the, Jordan rides the bus. By Ron Shelton, that time Michael Jordan uh quit basketball to go be a baseball player. You minor think he got a
1: baseball player. Do what? A minor league baseball player. Yeah, on a bus.
0: His early uh, showing in minor league baseball mirrored my uh, softball rec, my short softball rec league career. <laughs> that seems fair. And um, but we get sounds of an NBA finals. Have you ever seen that uh, picture? It's a meme where Michael Jordan's hugging the NBA trophy. A pretty famous picture. I mean, I've seen the picture. I don't know it was a meme or anything. But in a meme, the, this meme I saw once. I was actually trying to find it last night. Were you successful? No. But the meme is, he's hugging the trophy, but the trophy's been photoshopped out, and in replace of it is a giant penis. (laughs) Sounds great. It's funny. Thanks, internet. It's funny. But the internet, I I guess it's buried in there. But this is a great story. I'm glad our listeners chose
1: this one for us. You know what
0: my Google search was? Michael Jordan hugs penis meme. Didn't work? Came up nothing. Maybe be a little less specific. Maybe I should have went to like page 14 or 15. Scouring in all corners of the yeah. internet. Maybe just make it yourself at this point. How many pages do you go through in a Google search before you're like, you know what, just fuck it? One. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not clicking. I think mixed. that's most people. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how uh, the news media also re- does research as well. I mean, uh, search a different way. You know, everything's like completely rigged or for for front page. Like, you could totally be easily manipulated. I'm not
1: googling. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> What is the GDP of Uruguay or something? Well,
0: you might be able to get that one pretty quick. <laughs> just be careful is all I'm saying. I don't know what you think I'm looking at. I'm just looking at, you know. Jordan, Michael Jordan hugging stats. giant
1: dicks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking up stats. I'm looking up numbers. Page one is usually pretty good for that. Yeah. Who won the championship in 1967? <laughs> that kind of thing.
0: For the last two NBA championship victories that the Bulls had, because they, th- they won three, uh, from 91 to 93, I was in Chicago those summers, those last two summers. Good times. There was one where people like rioted. They were so happy that they flipped cards over. Yeah. That's
1: great. Yeah. Love being there when your team wins and we get to riot and tear <laughs> shit down for it. It's way more fun than if your team loses and you riot and tear shit down.
0: But then it goes, we go from that, those sweet sounds of victory to some shit that I want to get know more and more and more about.
1: Good day. We're coming... ...on the air now with word that the body of James Jordan, the father of Chicago Bulls basketball star Michael Jordan, has been found in a creek near the border between South and North Carolina. The cause of death, apparently, a thirty-eight caliber gunshot wound to the chest. We'd just seen the celebration after the Bulls won yeah, their third straight championship in 93. And you saw James Jordan, Michael Jordan's dad, in the locker room celebration with him. Yeah. It's a very touching moment, it's great, and then it cuts straight to his old childhood friend describing how Mr. Jordan was found down in a creek. Now- Some real
2: country boys. I mean, it floored me. I just cried, I couldn't say anything. I think it took me the rest of that evening and the next day when I came home in the afternoon, then I tried to get a hold of Michael on the telephone. How long, this area.
0: how long after this victory did this happen? Was it that summer? It was that summer. It was just two months later. Jeez. June to August. He was only 57 years old. But I didn't know that they had the killers. For some reason, well, they said that another guy, a, a fellow by the name of Daniel Green, who was 19 years old, and another person was charged with his murder. I didn't know people were charged. It's so... Just like the uh, Atlanta bombing, the people who actually commit the crimes, their names seem to disappear in time. Like, are you saying Richard Jewell murdered Michael Jordan's father? Connect the dots is all I'm saying. I know Richard Jewell is dead and can't defend himself. Damn, man! But has anyone thought maybe it was Richard Jewell? But I, I, but I was under the impression this was an unsolved case, and that lent it to a lot of the. Uh, conspiracy theories around it but it oh, was the conspiracy got,
1: theories are still there
0: the people got but people got charged so
1: and we get to see here in this that they were prosecuting them and looking for the death penalty in what looked like a highway robbery gone wrong or a carjacking gone wrong he was in his car by the side of the road on the highway and ended up shot in the chest and left in a creek so fucking i mean did they know it was michael
0: jordan's dad do you think
1: well, you can get into a whole lot of different things there. Or maybe it was just somebody in a pretty nice car who was down on the side of the highway.
0: Yeah, well, I'm, I need to look into this more. Like, what's the evidence that they found that connects these suspects? It's hard not to... Because Michael Jordan was the is probably still arguably the best basketball player in history. Not too many people are going to argue with you. I mean, he was the shit. And any... There was no NBA team in this area, so if you liked NBA basketball, you probably liked Michael Jordan and the Bulls, and I was no exception. We're all, you get pretty fair weather in places where you don't have your own teams. So,
1: Or what's on TV at the time, and that's going to be who's successful. Absolutely. And you,
0: nothing was as successful as the Jordan-era Bulls. You're going to see the winners more than anyone else. Not a lot of um, uh, Denver Nuggets games getting played in Tennessee. Man,
1: this is the time they had those sweet uniforms, too. Yeah. Poor Nuggets. Nuggets but Jordan says you know what my dad got to see my last ever NBA game we got to celebrate the championship together now he's dead 10 days before the NBA season starts Jordan goes to Jerry Reinsdorf the owner of the Bulls, and says I don't have it in me I don't have the passion anymore I don't have the drive I don't want to play basketball anymore I'm retiring I'd like to try baseball
0: yeah baseball Former New York Nick uh, Phil Jackson, oh, don't bring that up. Was uh, <laughs> was interviewed. Terry Reinsdorf called me and said uh, Michael's considering not playing basketball this season. I said what? And he was shocked, and he said he didn't want to get in the way of Michael's um, dreams here. But come on. Jerry says, Hey, you got to talk to Phil before you make any
1: decisions. You got to talk to Phil Jackson because he'll, he'll zen mind trick you into staying. He'll pull some of that shit on you. But yeah, Phil Jackson tries to lay on the guilt trip hunt to him. Yeah. But Michael's made up his mind. And when Michael's made up his mind, he's pretty stubborn.
0: We see Michael starting to train with the White Sox organization. He said he, you know,
1: he had his reasons, he needed a breather. He wasn't going to play if he wasn't going to give 100%. We all know how famously competitive Michael Jordan is. That comes up a lot in this documentary. But look, can we get into the conspiracy theories? Okay. Let's please get into it. It's one of my favorites. Probably my second favorite NBA conspiracy theory after the frozen envelope or the bent corner envelope that got the Knicks Patrick Ewing.
0: The murder of Michael Jordan's dad deserves its own documentary in and of itself.
1: It does, because this was around the same time as all these famous stories of Michael Jordan's gambling problems were coming out. That he would make trips down to Atlantic City on off nights after they played the Knicks and spend just huge amounts of money gambling. So all these rumors were going around that possibly his dad wasn't randomly targeted for being in a nice car on the side of the highway. Possibly it was people that Michael Jordan owed money to, the kind Mm. of people you don't want to owe money to. Huh. either trying to send a message or attempting to kidnap his father.
0: So does Jordan not have the money? Because who, who would have the money but Jordan? Unless he's Jordan's betting, probably like, got
1: the money, but he's, he's gambling so much, he's got to pay up. He's got to give it to somebody else. And then the other rumors come in that now that he just decide, up and decided 10 days before the season started he's not going to play basketball anymore for the three-time defending champion, Chicago Bulls, yeah. that maybe it's a secret suspension.
0: That's that's hard that's a little hard to believe.
1: David Stern's secret suspension. Ga- Jordan's gambling was so out of control he was worried that he was going to pull a Pete Rose and bet on the Bulls, something you can't come back from.
0: This guy uh, this is this one man is contributing millions and millions and millions of dollars in, of, into the NBA.
1: Yeah, that's where that's where a lot of the people we see in this documentary don't hold any water for this conspiracy because of the amount of money Jordan was bringing to the NBA. Uh, What's he got, a nice little folksy anecdote about David Stern's pants being worn out because he was down on his knees begging Michael Jordan to stay?
0: And why would you secret suspend? You would either just suspend him or sweep it under the rug.
1: Well, you can't suspend him in public. He's Michael Jordan. He's the face of the NBA. David Stern would be fired in an instant if they thought if the fans would riot If he suspended Michael Jordan for a season. But
0: he's not going to be fired for a secret suspension? He just makes it secret and that somehow helps? Like, you can't keep that a secret. Uh,
1: Well, you're talking about what they were talking about in the documentary. Nobody can keep a secret that long. No. But the idea behind this conspiracy theory, why it would be a secret suspension, it seems kind of sound to me. He, again, he couldn't do it in public. There'd be an absolute riot if you suspended the greatest player in the NBA coming off three straight championships. I mean,
0: Chicago will tear up streets for winning. Imagine what they'd do if Michael Jordan got suspended.
1: But if he was in such a bad way with this gambling habit, you know, if shady characters who were willing to possibly murder his father were coming around these games, that's something that the NBA does not want to be associated with.
0: Sopranos.
1: And if he was got to the point where he was going to Well, if Pete Rose and bet on his own team, the precedent's already there. You're suspended for life if you do that. They're saying, hey, take a year, get it under control, come back before you do something we both can't come back from. So that's the conspiracy theory behind it. And it's interesting to think about. I'm going to say, I don't
0: believe it. What about, now you don't believe the secret suspension one? No. What about the gambling debt one? That's a lot more believable. You think so? it, It is pretty obvious
1: that he was gambling. That's not really conspiracy. That's pretty well, much false. Well, no, yeah, he everyone knows he's a, he's a
0: total gambler now, especially well into today.
1: And it was such a strange story, and it it did kind of, if you were following this, it went away pretty quickly, the story of James Jordan's murder. You would think that it was this huge story forever that the greatest basketball player, his father was was murdered murdered. in a random roadside accident. It's so stunning and so sudden. It's just a terrible thing. And it does seem like an awfully big coincidence. It
0: does seem like such a weird, like the fact that I didn't know who was prosecuted for that. I remember when this happened, I was very young, but it stood out. I was paying attention to... Um, you know, the most popular sports of the day at that time. Especially being, spending the summers in Chicago during that time, it is impossible not to get swept up in the Bulls' fever. You said that a little extra Chicagoy too. This one's bringing you back a little bit, Bob. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was a good series. John Paxson, I think, is the one that clinched it with a three. It was good. Uh, what's that one guy? <laughs> Will Purdue, Classic. <laughs> Good stuff. Steve Kerr was on this team. We get interviews yeah, with him from the playing right. days. He was like the coach of the Warriors right now. Warriors!
1: But no Scottie Pippen interviews. No. No Scottie Pippen interviews. So what I'm going to say is I want to believe. I thought it was a very nice story. It was a very touching story. When Michael Jordan's, you know, you punted what they opened this documentary with. The scenes in the locker room of him and his dad so happy with this third championship. And saying, you know what? I've done everything I need to do. I'm going to retire because he saw, he got to see my last NBA game. We were there for that. And now I'm going to embark on this new journey. I'm going to try to be a professional baseball player, which he'd talked about with his dad. And maybe I can do that next. But I've already done everything I need
0: to do in the game of basketball. That's a nice story. The question, will the White Sox take him to spring training? Now people are saying, will the will the Major League team itself the White Sox take him to spring training. This is why drafts of baseball are not as interesting as other sports because they have to go through the system. And it's a very complex sport, and it takes a lot of motions and a lot of time to get really good at, like, little things. Yeah. And some players are resentful, as you could imagine, that Michael Jordan gets to step right into um, essentially a, what, double A. He walks right into double A, basically. Yeah, they did take
1: him to spring training. He was in major league camp. And yeah it's he hadn't played baseball since high school at all, and he was a pitcher. Mm-hmm. This guy had barely swung a bat in well over a decade, and now he's going to hit against the best players in the entire world, yeah, and play the spot it's It's an incredibly difficult thing to imagine, but you do think the unbelievable athletic talent that he has this guy can and his competitive drive again, his work ethic yeah. Anything that he's going to set his mind to, he can probably do. But you do look at it as a gimmick. The White Sox are owned by Jerry Reinsdorf, the same person who owns the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. It looks very neat that all of a sudden he's at the White Sox. The White Sox are getting all the attention because Michael Jordan's there. And yeah, some guy who worked his way up through the minor league system might not have that spring training invite. There's only a limited number of those. Michael Jordan's going to do it. But he sticks with it through spring training. And then, he gets assigned to the Double A Birmingham Barons.
0: Yeah, they keep it a secret. This was wild till Bir- the day of. But yeah, it, but I guess by the end of it, the question is: by the end of his short-lived baseball career, the question is, did he earn his spot? Because he's popping out and he's striking out a lot at start. Like I said, it's mirroring my my. <laughs> My uh, soft, my short-lived softball rec career here. They say it a lot. The hardest thing to do in sports is to hit a you know, round ball with a round bat. You know, I, I explain that to people a lot. People who don't fuck with it, they, they're they like, oh, I could do it. Like, and I'm like, dude, you cannot hit a 95 miles an hour fastball. I don't care. I'll, I'll give you one at bat. Maybe I'll even give you three <laughs> or four, and you cannot hit it, I promise you. And that's not even taken into consideration major league quality breaking
1: balls. These pitchers yeah. are like, this guy thinks he's going to step in and hit my shit? Nah. We're all going to throw our best stuff at him. He's the celebrity. Now, not want to be the ones who get embarrassed by Michael
0: Jordan. Now, Jordan, the one of the great, all-time great NBA players, he was a notorious shit talker. Like, hardcore, like, fuck you on the court kind of guy. And now you got a guy who's, like, whiffing at the bats, getting fooled by every breaking ball... This has to be a very humbling experience for him. And everybody wants
1: a piece of him. They, they mentioned the Chicago White Sox hitting coach. As soon as he hears this, this is happening, he walks all the way out to where Jordan is in the outfield. Stares him straight in the eye. Yeah. Says, hey. He looked at me dead in the eyes, and I said, are you
2: serious about this? And he answered, dead. Dead serious.
1: I need you to tell me, is this for real? And Jordan's like, it's no gimmick. I'm for real.
0: Guy who owns this club that's paying you says it's for real. Because he's standing there wearing a socks or a baron's uniform.
1: And from them on, Jordan goes 7.30 in the morning, extra hitting sessions every single day with the hitting coach to get working on this thing because he's putting in the work. It's no gimmick
0: to Michael Jordan. I love the uh, the new Spike Lee Jordan commercials formerly of It's Got to Be the Shoes fame.
2: It's gotta be the shoes.
0: And I was like, he's trying.
2: Yo, Mars Blackman here, my main man. Yo, Mars Blackman here, my main man, Michael Jordan. Right three. Money's no stand usual. But he's trying. Say
0: hey, he's no Willie Maze. But he's trying, man. He's no Ken Griffey. Yeah,
2: but he's trying. Go ahead,
0: buddy. He's trying. But he's trying. Man, if I were a catcher on an opposing team when he comes up to bat, I'd be like, are you trying, Michael? Are you trying? He's
2: trying, man.
0: <laughs> man, that's
1: pretty good. You, you get some smack tuck in there, but then Jordan would probably say something to you that would make you cry immediately.
0: Yeah. So. Well, maybe if we were on the courts, maybe. <laughs> Yeah,
1: I love the footage they have of this, man. They have all of this footage of Michael Jordan in spring training working out with the White
0: Sox. And, of course, Michael Jordan has just come into Birmingham. The Birmingham Barons sell their first ever tickets ever. <laughs> they have these commercials.
1: I-, I love the Spike Lee commercial. Stan Musial was in it. Willie Mays was in it. Ken Griffey Jr. All telling him he's trying. He's trying. What a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan's like, look, maybe I, I made you guys th- maybe I made you guys think it was too easy. I made you th- think that basketball was easy and that I didn't work my ass off to get where I am right now. I worked so hard to get that good at basketball, and I'm going to work that hard at baseball now. That's the trying that he's going to do. And it's exciting. There's, what does what this Sports Illustrated writer who keeps getting interviewed in this say? I
0: don't know. I didn't catch his name.
1: There was excitement and animosity. Like, yeah. Everybody was stoked to see Michael Jordan. But all the players were like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna let this guy, who's not even a baseball player, come in here and show me up when I'm the guy who's grinding, trying to make it to
0: the major leagues." You know what? Though here's a, here's an idea for minor league teams, which they're in trouble these days, from what I hear. Get a celebrity, like a C-list celebrity, for eat that plays on each minor league team. You get a Belushi on one for maybe the uh, the uh, Iowa Cubbies, or one of uh, Gary Busey's kids on another team. This balances out if everyone has a non-baseball-playing celebrity on each team. It's not that far-fetched. I mean, Garth Brooks took some
1: spring training hacks with the Mets once. This is playing out right now, currently. We've got the Tim Tebow situation. Yeah. And it's the exact same argument. Tim Tebow's playing in the minor leagues with the Mets. And everyone said, look, he's not a legitimate prospect. He's too old. He hasn't played baseball in forever. He's just taken up the spot of somebody else. Is he still doing who that? Who could be doing that. And he's still doing that. He's into his third year of it now. But yeah, Tim Tebow's out there, striking out a lot, and legitimately trying to make a go at it with this baseball career. He's made his way up to AAA now. But the main thing, of course, is he sells the shit out of some tickets. He goes, they invite him to spring training every year not because he has a legitimate shot to make the team David Faustino because everyone in Florida
0: fucking loves Tim Tebow fucking stick David Faustino who played Bud on Married with Children put him on a minor league man, team man that'll bring the fans it will you'd go watch David Faustino on a minor league team <laughs> I mean I'd go watch a minor league team that I've never heard of anybody on, but. Well, that's, I guess, yeah. But especially <laughs> if David Faustino was there.
1: I'd scout him. i give you a scouting report on David Faustino immediately.
0: Now, I really like the way the interview uh, lays over the transitions of the scenes in this one. I actually, this one, this 30 for 30 is pretty well executed. But every 30 for 30 has something that's like, they really needed to fill 50 minutes. And that's when we meet, the most alabama real estate agent
2: well when i got the phone call from bill hartikoff who was the president and the general manager of the birmingham barons and he told me that michael jordan was going to be playing baseball and that i was going to get to be the lucky person to help michael find his rental house
0: why was this in this it's a great question
2: i was actually One of the first to go to the private airport in Birmingham to meet Michael as he stepped off of his private plane. Michael stepped off the plane with the biggest grin on his face and I introduced myself as his personal real estate agent that I was the realtor for the Birmingham Barons and I would be the one that would be working with him to find his house that he was going to live in in Birmingham.
0: I rented Michael a house out.
2: So I asked Michael if we were going to ride in my car or if we were going in his car. And he let me know real soon that we were going to be riding in his new Porsche. So it's pretty exciting. I guess
1: it's a personal touch. It's a little personal story of you know, how special it was that he was the, one of the biggest celebrities in the country is coming to Birmingham, Alabama for all the summer.
0: I rode with him in his Porsche. (laughs) She was like, Michael, are we going to take your car or mine to look
1: at some houses for you? And he's like, we'll take my Porsche. Kids would shoot ball with him in the streets. I liked that. That's a nice story. Thought he was burnt out. And Mm. he got one. And yeah, every time he went outside, there'd be kids waiting to like, Michael, play with us. Shoot some hoops. I want to shoot some hoops with Michael Michael Jordan. And I love it because... Fuck yeah, I'd have been one of those kids.
0: Michael, (laughs) when he goes out, it seems like he doesn't mind it. But at the same time, it's got to be kind of taxing because... You're in the South. Southerner will just assume they can walk up to you and talk to you about anything. And they're not going to be rude about it, but they'll, like, come up and be very personable very quickly. That's how Southerners kind of are.
1: Look, man, we met some of Michael's childhood friends in this documentary, too.
0: And they are country as fuck. It's the only time... He's he's fine with this. Well, white Alabamians just walk up to a black man they don't know. (laughs) Want to shoot some hoops?
2: Hell yeah! (laughs)
0: 13,000 at a minor league game.
1: Wow. Every game was sold out at home or on the road. And I'm going to get personal here for you guys. Okay. I've got great memories of this summer. This this was the summer of 1994. I wasn't a teenager yet, but I was still a baseball-obsessed kid who was playing nonstop. And... My family went on a road trip for summer vacation this particular summer. It's nice. They rented a, an RV, and we went on a little road trip around the country and hit as many minor league stadiums as we can because me and my brother were both just baseball obsessive. So this was our summer vacation. It was this big trip that we would planned for. Really cool thing for my parents to do because I know they didn't care about this nearly as much as me and my brother. It was a good summer vacation. And yeah, just this was also the summer that Michael Jordan was playing minor league baseball. We never did get to see him. It was like everywhere we went, the Birmingham Barons had just played there. And everybody had a Michael Jordan story. Everybody was like, oh, I got to see Michael Jordan. And that was actually the first time I was ever in Nashville, Tennessee. I was on this trip. We were in Nashville to see a Nashville Express game, the minor league team that moved to Puerto Rico, I believe. No. But back when Nashville had two minor league teams, the Express and the Sounds, we caught an Express game. And there was some southern-friendly usher there who was talking to us about seeing Michael Jordan just recently. And he ended up giving me and my brother an autographed Michael Jordan baseball card. Oh, wow, that's That he'd nice. gotten signed while Jordan was there the previous week. So that
0: was your first Nashville experience was an usher giving you a signed Michael Jordan baseball?
1: Yep. And the confusion of <laughs> being at the stadium. And if you went to the indoor areas of the stadium, like not in the stands... There was a game playing over the radio, but it was the other Nashville team on a road game. It was the Sounds. So you heard a game on the stereo in the PA of the stadium that wasn't the game that was on the field.
0: Did they play at Greer? It's very complicated. Did it must they, have been Greer. They both have played in Greer?
1: I mean, I was pretty young, but it, it must have been Greer Stadium where, yeah, later after I moved to Nashville, I spent a whole lot of time. Really nice, man. Just really nice. Yeah. But yeah, everybody, everybody, everywhere we went, whether it was... Yeah, Greensboro or Hickory, North Carolina, where there's minor league teams, and we had just fun watching baseball. Everybody had a story about Michael Jordan. Even if it wasn't a A double-A town, they were ready to talk about what he meant for the minor leagues.
0: Man, Michael was here, man, and he walked right by, didn't make eye contact one second. It was (laughs) cool, man. He did seem to go out and sign a whole lot of autographs, because, yeah,
1: that's why most of these people were here, was to see Michael Jordan And it was cool hearing that roar of the crowd. They had the footage of his first game in Birmingham when he ran out there wearing number 45 jersey to go play right field, right fielder, Michael
0: Jeffrey Jordan. (laughs) You know who else was right field? This guy. (laughs) Pretty much the same thing, right? Now, the team admits that because people were there to scout Michael, they also were also getting scouted themselves. So, The attention actually brought a lot of eyes to the rest of the Birmingham Barons. These teammates
1: who were kind of a little bit mad about being a sideshow at first, were like, wait, this is actually really good for us. All the scouts are out there. We're getting to play in games that feel like a big league atmosphere. Maybe guys who are never gonna make it to the show. This is the biggest game they'll ever be in. Sold out, packed houses of people there,
0: well, to see Michael Jordan. Said it was like Elvis was in the building every single night. Now, Jordan... Now, remember what the this 30 for 30 is called. Uh, Jordan rides the bus.
1: Did Michael it, Jordan buy them a bus?
0: Yeah. That was the whole team... that Was that the whole team's bus? <laughs> it was the whole team's bus. Okay, good.
1: But Jordan did not buy it. We got the inside story. That was the rumor going around. That the, You know, he was going to ride the bus like rented. everybody else. It was rented. But... It was a luxury bus. It wasn't your typical bus.
0: Well, he admits it. He's like, yeah, I'll ride the bus. It's got to be a luxury bus. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, he, they got it rented as an exchange for Michael Jordan appearing in an advertisement ah. in a magazine for the bus company. So he just got there, and they're like, hey, can we use your picture? We'll give you this luxury bus. It'll be sweet advertising for us. So they ended up getting the luxury bus. Jordan didn't buy it, but he really liked to ride it. They have images in this documentary of... Little kids running up to his car when it stopped at a red light and getting him to autograph a baseball. That's the thing. Jordan's riding this bus. This reminded me of the Andre the Giant documentary. We had that really poignant line about how even Michael Jordan could put on a hat and some glasses and kind of disappear. And Andre the Giant never, ever could. He could never stop being Andre the Giant in public. Michael Jordan could, but he was also (laughs) really, really noticeable. It was very hard for Michael Jordan (laughs) to disappear. Yeah. Even when he's driving in his car, people are going to come up to it and say, Oh my God, it's Michael Jordan. But when he was on that bus, he was just like every other one of his teammates. He could just ride the bus, be a regular guy. That was Michael Jordan putting on the hat and disappearing, was riding the bus around to these minor league cities. Meanwhile,
0: in the NBA... It was like almost like a death itself, you know, because you know usually people retire, they slip, or something goes, their career, you start to see fade. You know, it's a blank, bam, gone, Um, not there, and very little warning. You know, very little warning for the fans and the NBA. It's so adorable seeing the Knicks get all excited. (laughs) We
1: already went over this. The Knicks and Pacers were like, oh, shit, Jordan's gone. We might actually get to win something.
0: Now, the Houston Rockets and Hakeem the Dream, who probably, other than Jordan, is probably the best in the league, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I'd say he was definitely
1: up there. Yeah, yeah. A lot of stars, but yeah. There were not too many better than Olajuwon. Yeah,
0: there was an obvious void. Someone was saying that they were watching the Bulls and Michael was with them. And Michael goes, what they need just isn't there. (laughs) Which sounds kind of a dick thing to say. (laughs) I mean, but he wasn't wrong. (laughs) But it's obvious. Yeah, it's obvious to
1: everyone. There's a void with the Bulls. And it was ten days before the season that he announced he wasn't going to play. Yeah. The NBA is scrambling. The Bulls are scrambling. Nike's scrambling. That means
0: he was going to practices for a while before he was like... Oh, I'm not gonna do this.
1: That's why it's so hard to believe that explanation. That I just don't have the passion for it anymore. Yeah, that sounds like such a bullshit line. Such a cop out. Just breeds conspiracy theories.
0: Now, every even a good baseball player is gonna have games where they don't put it together or make it work. You play a lot of games throughout the season, but up to this point, it doesn't look like Jordan's really keeping his pace, putting his part in. You know, he's having a tough time
1: with it. He's striking out a lot. He's popping up. He's lunging. They say they basically have to rebuild his swing from scratch because he hadn't played since high school. And And I he's playing double-A. Double-A is legit. Yeah, Some players go straight from double-A to the majors. It's two steps away from the major leagues. You know, this isn't for your... This isn't a test ground, really. (laughs) It's not your weekend warrior stuff. This is guys who are professional baseball players.
0: Yeah, and they will move on to baseball glory, in theory.
1: And Sports Illustrated earlier had... The guy who wrote this story, (laughs) the the big headline came out and it said
0: "Bag It, Michael." Man, sports writing outside of just reporting basic statistics is so like dubious and
1: it's hard, man. Yeah, that's again. I love talking about sports all the time. We'll always do it. Love having the radio show and talking that. But I I can't stand listening to most sports media. I just feel like most of it. Everyone's just got to have their hot take to get their name out there.
0: I just, I do understand the feeling that Michael Jordan seems to be, the criticism that he seems to be getting an obvious leg up to do something that he wants to do. Of course. I think that's obvious. I just don't understand. I don't think you need to say it in 5,000 words. (laughs) You can literally just say it in a,
1: Well, we had beat reporters from Birmingham in this documentary too who just were completely honest about it. They're like, look, I have to write a story about the team and I have to write a story about Michael Jordan every single game. They're just asking me. Everybody needs a Michael Jordan theme. They have to hear this story. They have to have a new quote from him. Michael, how's the minor leagues? How's that bus?
0: (laughs) It's luxurious. (laughs) But he starts putting it together though. He starts to get some hits in
1: is that famous work ethic again. Nobody's more competitive than Michael Jordan. Anybody who played with him will say that, that he was the most competitive guy they've ever seen. So he's not gonna take this lightly when he's just getting embarrassed on the field. Guys aren't throwing him fastballs, they're just throwing him a steady diet of breaking balls because he hasn't figured out a way to recognize them yet. Yeah. So he's putting the work in. He's
0: going before the game, he's going after the game, and he's improving. He's trying, man. July 30th, 1994, Michael the Jordan hits a home run. Woo! He is picking it up. And that uh, shifty uh, Sports Illustrator rider is like, oh, I feel kind of bad. He is a baseball player. He is legitimately starting to look like one. He
1: keeps trying to hedge. He's like, yeah, I didn't... You know, I didn't like the way Sports Illustrated used that headline, or <laughs> he does. Def- Maybe my tone was wasn't quite what I meant in that original article. He
0: does deflect a lot to Sports Illustrated, and granted, I mean, he might he could be absolutely right. I mean that these, if Sports Illustrated thinks taking a dump on Michael Jordan's face is going to sell, then they really will flip shit out. But he said he wrote a glowing story on Michael Jordan, and Sports, Sports Illustrated was like, nah, no, thank you. Yeah, they'd already gotten into this narrative that he
1: was, you know taking advantage of the system and shouldn't be playing baseball. So when he wrote this narrative about, look how much he's improved, he looks like he belongs in A at this point. Yeah. It's amazing how fast he's improved over the course of this season.
0: He's hitting uh, 255 in Fall League, and Fall League's where things are coming uh, Yeah, out. he
1: went to the Arizona Fall League after the minor league season was over, which is, again, typically where teams send their better prospects or guys they want to get extra work in. The Arizona Fall League has a great history of the best players playing there in the minor leagues. You've got huge names who've been successful in the fall league. Or Gleyber Torres, your Chris Bryant's kind of made their name there. And Michael Jordan raises his batting average 50 points in this Arizona fall league. He looks legit. By the end of the season, he'd stolen 30
0: bases. 51 RBIs when it was all over. 255 is a respectable batting average. Yeah, and for a guy who had not played baseball in
1: over, almost two decades, it's actually it's really pretty unbelievable yeah. to do against double-A pitching.
0: Some guys are like, his work ethic was so good, he probably would have found a way to go all the way, but then something happened. And I remember this pretty vividly, too. It pretty much, baseball was America's pastime up until this point. Jordan and the Bulls were huge, but baseball might have been America's most popular sport up until this happened. 1994. The baseball strike. I had an uncle who lived um, in a trailer behind a store in in, in Hopkinsville uh, with my...
1: Oh, maybe we parked next to him in the RV on that trip.
0: Great-grandfather. Great uh, it was a very humble abode, but he had a lot of uh, baseball cards. He collected sports trading cards. He was just really into them. And um, rest in peace, Uncle Wayne. But he was so fucking pissed off at the baseball strike that he just would He complained about it for years. just like, it ruined it. I don't even want to buy these cards anymore. This is a waste of life, a waste of time. It really did fuck baseball up for a while. It was pretty hurtful. And that's when we talk about the only thing that saved
1: it was the the great home run chase. McGuire and Sosa steroid era. Cal Ripken Jr. Breaking Lou Gehrig's games played record. More conspiracy (laughs) theories we can talk about for days.
0: But even then, now today, it's still, even with all its troubles, the NFL is getting averaging the highest viewership
1: oh yeah for sure even
0: in except comparison. for nascar
1: oh nascar too nascar has always been the highest watched sport wow Although it might have been telling off real hard the last couple of years as mm-hmm. well but jordan won't be a
0: scab they asked him they asked michael jordan to be a replacement player somehow i think it's more for business sense than really solidarity but uh but yeah he's smart enough not to cross that big a line it wouldn't look good
1: like, yeah, I was a player rep for the union in another sport. He would be
0: shit on forever to this day if he did that. <laughs> Michael Jordan doesn't need to be a replacement player. So the baseball strike is going down. So he's got to return to basketball where they he wins three more championships with uh, the pride of the Knicks, uh, uh, Phil Jackson. I'm then, back. Then coach, yeah.
1: <laughs> Two words, Michael Jordan, I'm back. And the Pacers and the Knicks cried for days.
0: Yeah. Three straight before you retired. Three straight after he retired. Nick's great Phil Jackson said that Michael became more encouraging and engaged with the team after his experience uh, as being a baseball player. Because no one was, I mean, let's face it, Michael Jordan was getting his ass kissed. Even if he sucked the whole way, not even getting hits, he did bring something to the Barons financially that they could not deny Oh, you, for sure. But the players weren't involved in that. The players yeah.
1: were going to be supportive of him as a teammate. And they, they, to a man, pretty much said that he was a great teammate. Yeah. While he was playing on the minor league team.
0: He got seven game winning hits out of a hundred and over well over 130 games.
1: Back on the Bulls. And he says, look, this is my story. Fuck your conspiracy theories.
0: I chose to walk away on my terms. And that's the story of Michael Jordan's first retirement from basketball. Didn't he retire three times total? I
1: believe so, because they came back the last time with the Wizards. Yeah. But he came back with that number 45 jersey when he returned.
0: Whoa, throwback to the Barons. Remember, yeah. And that
1: number 45 baseball jersey? Still the best-selling baseball jersey in the Barons gift shop if you go down to Birmingham.
0: What a shock, until David (laughs) Faustino gets his hat (laughs) back. Man, when we were kids, we thought Michael Jordan was like... The shit, he's like next level. It, well, we we honestly maybe projected like wholesomeness onto him. He was—he's well, not—he's not a very wholesome guy, but like, I mean, this guy wore a he is a confident man. You could tell. I mean, he wore a Hitler mustache for a few years. You can't—it <laughs> takes some real energy to do that. Bald is beautiful, but he's trying, right? He's trying. He's trying. He's trying. He's trying, man. Oh my gosh. So that's the story of when Michael Jordan played some baseball. Do you think if the um, baseball never went on strike that he would have stayed on the course? I don't I think he was always going to go
1: back to basketball. Yeah. I think there is some truth to some of the conspiracy theories here for sure. Hmm. I don't think it was as cut and dried as, uh, I don't feel like it. I'm going to go play baseball now. Oh, there's a strike. Better go back and play basketball. It's just too neat. It's too convenient. There was something that wouldn't let him play for that year. But man, it's it's incredible what he did.
0: Yeah. So that's it. You think he could have gone uh, pro? He could have gone all the way to the big shows? I do think so. With the level of improvement he showed, he was only, he
1: was what, 31 years old at this time. Yeah. Which is old for a minor league prospect, but not super old. Yeah. For baseball terms. And yeah, with so much improvement that he showed over that year, he hit, he raised his average 50 points in the Arizona Fall League, which again is sort of one step away from the major leagues. Yeah. For top prospects. And that work ethic he had, that was going to do it. He obviously had the athleticism. He stole 30 bases. He got better in the field. His first game, he struck out twice and dropped a pop-up. And he just was on a straight upwards trajectory with think, how hard he was working.
0: You think Jordan, because him being Jordan and the desperation, like he's already pulling in money, but they know if he can improve in any little way, it can go a long way. Do you think he got more attention probably than other players?
1: a, a thousand percent.
0: <laughs> well, I, I guess you just got to imagine that with anyone trying to make it into baseball. and Maybe they would have, the results maybe would have been similar. It's true. Considering but the not, resources.
1: Not everybody has that otherworldly athleticism not everybody's got that just blessed with physical talent like that as well Hmm. but yeah obviously him having you know that relationship with the owner Jerry Reinsdorf there's a pretty good chance that he would have given any opportunity to bring him up to the White Sox if he even remotely earned it sort of like the situation with Tim Tebow now he's been okay but not really great in the minor leagues these last couple years But he's still been a minor league all-star. He still got promoted first to Double-A, then to Triple-A. He's in spring training every year. I have different thoughts on that because, again, as as like a baseball purist, as someone who played the sport, I would love to see that spot go to someone who's grinding and earns it and has a potential to to really take that and shine over someone who's half publicity stunt.
0: Michael should have tried hockey.
1: Michael should have tried hockey. He probably could have done it. We always wanted LeBron to try football. So oh, yeah. What a
0: great tight end he would be. Rem- uh, remember that cartoon where Michael Jordan, Bo Jackson, and Wayne Gretzky were like. I do. I don't know what they were doing. Were they solving crimes or something? I don't know. They were sports stars or something like that. Yeah, but like superheroes at the same time. Yeah. Pro stars. It's all about helping kids. Yeah. That's wild. And
1: hey, remember that time when he defeated like a team of monsters from outer space who yeah. tried to steal the talent of
0: basketball players? Yeah, we don't. That's pretty much as good as a. That's like a galactic championship, right? Yeah. Of course, he could play baseball if he wanted to. It's amazing how that, that that movie just won't go away. You know? Why would you want it to? <laughs> Drew, we don't rate documentaries in a, a star rating scale. Michael Jordan, is a pretty big star. Pretty big gambling star. And he had his secret stuff. His secret stuff. <laughs> pretty big secret stuff. <laughs> we rate even sports documentaries, 30 30s. Like are, Space Jam. Like Space Jam. You think that's said do- I'm not going to tell him it's not a documentary. Yeah. You're going to give this one through five Werner Hertzogs. I'm so happy the
1: Monstars didn't win.
0: I'm going to give this one through five Werner songs. I'm going to combine them for best out of ten Herzogs. Drew, what would you think of Jordan Rides the Bus by Ron little Ronnie Shelton?
1: I think Ronnie Shelton did a pretty solid job on this. There was nothing really groundbreaking. There was nothing real gimmicky. He didn't try any, any weird conceits like we've seen in some of these 30 for 30s that really throw us off or fall flat sometimes. This was a pretty straightforward documentary. They used their access to great footage, great highlights, this behind-the-scenes stuff, him in the locker room during his season playing baseball. They had great footage. They had great interviews. I don't know why they didn't get Scottie Pippen. But they had his coach at the time, who was Terry Francona, who went on to win World Series and be a very successful Major League manager. He was the manager for Michael Jordan. And they had great anecdotes throughout him in the minor leagues, There were a couple scenes that I thought we really could have done without. The whole real estate agent sidebar. (laughs) That was definitely kind of interesting right there. Maybe a little bit of filler. Yeah. But I do think they did a good job with the whole solid story. They told the story of this great story. They got into the conspiracy theories a little bit. They got into the interviews with the people who were actually there at the time. But they didn't linger too long on anything. It walked us through it. And I think we got a pretty good picture of what happened in this. You you can't really ask for much more, can you? Yeah. Um, again, it it didn't break new ground or blow me away, but it did everything it did well, except for those sidebars. Mm. I'm gonna give
0: it four out of five. Zugs. Well, oh. Yeah, I feel the same way. Um, in terms of yeah, totally straight down the line executed. It really one thing I noticed it didn't have is that overarching narrative that we hear in other thirty for thirties. What if I told you? Yeah, shit like that. That Michael Jordan played baseball. And I was very grateful for that. And But yes, the real estate lady, that's like, okay, we're just really trying to work it here. In some ways, it was a little redundant. Like, he kind of definitely got the picture over and over and over again that everyone in Birmingham, like, they'll approach Michael Jordan. We left out a few other things where he's shooting pull and shit like that. Uh, another sidebar that didn't need to be there. Yeah, a lot, a lot of the sidebars. He was totally gambling on those
1: pool games, wasn't he? Oh yeah. And <laughs> uh,
0: but I did like that it did spend significant amount of time on his father's death and the rumors of his gambling. And I'd forgotten about this. I saw that I've seen this a long time ago, and I felt like it was maybe about average. And I would give it maybe a little above average. I thought it was even better than I remembered, especially after. Watching a lot of these 30 for 30s, you really appreciate one that's really, it's actually very well edited too. That might pass a lot of people by, but the way it transitions and stuff is actually really sharp. And I think it's a solid 3.5, a a little above a Herzog average. So you take your four combined with my 3.5, 7.5 out of 10 Herzogs. Four, Jordan rides the bus. That time where he played double A ball. Not stars. Definitely not mon-stars. Not mon-stars. 7.5 hertzogs. How many mon-stars would you give it?
1: <laughs> Ooh, uh, I think... God, I'm trying to remember how that documentary ended. But I'm pretty sure there were no mon-stars left at the end of it, so zero? <laughs> oh,
0: they turned into, like, little weird things, right? Yeah, that's what they were before. They stole, right. like, Charles
1: Barkley's skill. Oh,
0: that's right. Who we did see in this documentary, losing the finals to Jordan. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, well, if you, unless you take Jordan's skill, although they were essentially an all-star team they were, from you, all had the abilities of Barkley
1: stole. and Muggsy Bogues, the little monstar,
0: yeah, and <laughs> Grandmama was Grandmama on <laughs> there? Grandmama was a <laughs> Grandmama player Mom was there by the name of Larry Johnson. Was he in that movie too? I think so. Yeah, I think he kind of got some something stolen, got some power stolen. Those damn monsters. they still will produce bench ability. <laughs> no one sits down like we do. All right, uh, so that's that. Jordan rides the bus. Thank you for uh, everything this listener request month. And next month, uh, we probably going to talk about wrestling and shit, uh, WrestleMania.
1: Of course you will. Yeah. Hey, give us some more listener requests. We might not do all of them, but yeah, we can we're get listening it. to you. We'll keep banking them. We're having fun with it.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah. 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 Keep on talking.
1: Yeah.
2: Michael, what's it like to be in the minor leagues? Come on, these are the kind of stupid questions they're gonna ask you down here. Michael, are you decent? Oh look, Michael, it's Mary Milton, the only real estate agent I ever known who has her own trading card. She's gonna show you some houses you might be interested in. Hell yeah! michael definitely wanted a house that had a basketball goal and so he would come out and play basketball and shoot hoops and whenever he did the kids in the neighborhood would always want to come over and play basketball with him so i'm sure that there's a lot of young kids that remember playing basketball with michael jordan when he lived in birmingham